Heather. Hold on. Hold on. <coughs> hey guys, Pitmaster here, and I'm here with the Doc, and we're here to do Pitmaster and the Doc. That's the name of our podcast. Hey John, how about that introduction that everyone just heard? That's pretty cool. I think it's fantastic, and, and uh, um, Bruce Buffer, who is, he is the best fight announcer that ever lived, the best, and if you want to hear your, like, your name on your, like, if someone calls you, um, and you want that to be your outgoing announcement, you can tweet Bruce Buffer, and he'll make one for you. Or if you want to, if you have a podcast and you want to have him do your intro, tweet him and he will, uh, he will, um, he will send one to you. I don't know. It's pretty cool. You got a lot of good friends, John. I do have good friends. My life is blessed. I have, I have, I, I have some of the best friends in the world. And my life, I can't, like, I just kind of look back and like choices and most of them were good, luckily, but there was some pretty bad ones. But I do have some great friends. Um, and you're one of them. Well, thanks, Bruce Buffer. That intro is awesome. He is awful. Awesome. He is the best. Okay, the best. Let me let me hear you guys. Who do you think? And when we say who do you think, that means chime in on the comments in on the uh, YouTube on this YouTube channel or uh, on our Twitter, Pit underscore Master, or um, or you can do Instagram Pit underscore Master. Easy. Um, who do you think is the best fight announcer of all times? What do you think? Me? Well, I'm not going to say anything other than Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. He is. I think <laughs> he's, he's the best. There was. This is who. This is who. It come, this is the group. Jimmy Lennon Jr. or J Jimmy Lennon Sr. was like in the 70s and 80s. He was like the boxing announcer, and he was known as the best. He was really good. His main thing was. He had all those Spanish names down because most of the boxers were Mexican. Um, a lot of them, especially the lighter weights. Then came his son, Jimmy Lennon Jr., who was really good too. He didn't really have a niche. He didn't really, he was just, he was a baby face. He was good too. Then there was, let's get ready to rumble. That was Michael Buffer. That's Bruce Buffer's brother. And he was like the boxing... He got like crazy famous doing, let's get ready to rumble. That was good. It was good. And I didn't think anyone could ever beat him. That's who I grew up listening to. Bruce That's Buffer. who I remember. That was Michael Buffer, yeah. yeah. And I didn't think anybody could ever beat him. But then when Bruce Buffer came, he was close in the beginning, but his, his showmanship and his personality and his... his, his um, his charisma, I think he took over. I mean, let's get ready to rumble. It's great. That's a great one. And I didn't think, it's time, would ever, like, take over that. But the way Bruce Buffer presents it, he even does, like, he'll even jump and do a 180. He's done a 360. I've seen him do at least a 180. He does a 180 <laughs> quite often. He hurt his knee once doing a 360. He, but... Just the way he like, it's 
time. I just love it. That's and a pretty good impression too. Thank you. I love it. I, I practice that a lot. I do. I like. I'm at home. Uh, Sometimes when I'm about to do certain things, like I'll tell certain people, it's time. And sometimes they smile, and sometimes they go, oh, shit, again? This is like every day. But anyway, so Bruce Buffer is a phenom in, in, in announcing. I think he's your, I think the UFC has put together such a package of uh, just greatness. I mean, just their presentation under the Fertitas and Dana White, and now it's a new organization, but Dana White's still a huge contributing uh, member first of all they're they're um they're matchmakers i mean some of the bets if you watch a ufc match even just the pay-per-view and then watch a boxing match even on the top boxing matches with pacquiao and 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 mayweather and, and triple g etc the only fights that are usually not always but almost always is the main event right but when you watch a, an MMA match or a UFC match, usually the whole card is stacked. And, and I mean, I don't know. You probably don't watch much boxing. No, nope. maybe with you. Yeah. So usually when we watch boxing, it's the main event. We don't recognize any of the, the, um, the, you know, the prelims. And maybe it's because we're not that into boxing. I am. But even though I am into boxing, usually the prelims suck. In MMA, in UFC especially, the main card, the undercard, is usually stacked. It's usually... The matchmakers are terrific. Um, they got the unbelievable referees, the top referees. Uh, Big John McCarthy, um, Herb Dean. I think Dan Megaliota, the giant, is getting really, really good. We got Mark, Mark Goddard, who is one of my favorites now. He's an up-and-comer from... Uh, He's from UK, um, and these guys are—they're—they're they're really, really, really good referees, because they seem to know. In MMA, it's a lot harder because when somebody hits the ground, in boxing, boom, they separate them. The guy has—he has ten seconds to get up. He has to get up within ten seconds. But in MMA, the guy can follow the guy to the ground, and sometimes the guy is really badly hurt. Sometimes he isn't, but the referee has to stop it before someone gets hurt but they don't want to stop it too soon because then it, it denies the guy a chance of winning the fight a lot of guys hit the ground and get beat up for a while then get back up and win so it's it's it the, these referees have to weigh and measure and they have to use their uh, not only but their their judgment their intuition and their it's there's they're unbelievable once in a while you'll see a fight that's they let a couple punches go too long. And some of the older referees that aren't there anymore used to do it more. But the, these group of referees that the UFC has now, they almost always do it just perfectly. They, the guy gets just enough damage, but they know when not to do it too early or to do it too late. I, I think the other thing for me as a casual fan of MMA and the UFC... Used to be. You're, used to be. You're, getting, you're getting more of a... But watching fights, fights I might think are going to be great, maybe aren't, and fights that I wasn't even thinking about turn out to be amazing fights. So yeah. I think that's maybe that goes to the matchmaking. Yeah, I think it goes to matchmaking because matches make fights. Like, this, this weekend was a perfect example. Um, 
I know you didn't see the fight, so we're not going to go over them that much. But, like, the uh, first of all, first fight of the night, um, Brad Tavares, a local boy from from Hawaii, um, he fought uh, Talos Latis. Great fight. It was this, the typical striker against the grappler, Talos Latis, a uh, 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 decorated uh, jiu-jitsu champion. And Brad Tavares, a great kickboxer with great wrestling and submissions himself, but not to the level of Talos Latis. He just put a he put a a, a great show together, and, and kept it standing. And he won by unanimous decision. Um, it was a good fight. Then there was uh, Lando Venata, who fought Bobby Green. If you guys didn't see that fight, that was like fight of the it would be one of the top fights of the year it was an unbelievable fight lando venata is probably the most if not now that uh um he's like he's like an arturo Gotti, uh but with more skill um unbelievable fighter such he's so creative and bobby green is so good so they were fight of the night um it was a draw I didn't think it was a draw. I think uh, I think Venata should have won that one, but not by much. It was a really close fight. Um, the only other fights we'll really go over uh, is Fabricio uh, Fabricio Verdum against Walt Harris. Fabricio won in like ten seconds or two seconds or some. But Walt Harris, I mean, to his credit, I think he took the fight on like six minutes notice. I mean, he was a last minute replacement because. Uh, Derek Lewis, he seems to be hurt a lot. Remember, he had the like he had to make a poop during the fight. Remember, he was like holding his stomach, and everybody thought it was because he got kneed or something. But then he was saying he had to make poop. Remember that? No. <laughs> like he's like in the he's like holding his stomach, and they stopped the fight, and he was like, "Oh, what happened? A liver shot or something?" He's like, "I gotta use the bathroom. I gotta go poop or something." You know? Maybe that was a reaction to being hit. No, it was. He was anyway. I don't know, but he pulled out of the fight because of some illness. Um, but, but, so this guy took the fight on like three minutes notice. He did okay. Okay, let's talk about Dere uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse. Let me tell you a funny story, and it's not... You, you know Mighty Mouse, right? I knew Mighty Mouse, and it's not really a funny story, but we were once at a fight, and we're hanging out, and he was one of the guys, and, and just without even thinking, I walked by him, and I was with my wife, and I, I called him Minnie Mouse instead of Mighty Mouse. Was that on purpose? No, not on purpose. I would never do that. He's like the, he's the greatest fighter, pound for pound, in the world right now. He probably wasn't recognized as that then, but he was still, I think he was the champion then. And I never would have done that. And it was like, it came off as such a douchebag move. because But I was just walking by, I was like, hey, what's up, Minnie Mouse? And I was like, thinking Mighty Mouse, but I said Minnie Mouse. I don't know why. And then like, my wife like nudged me, she goes, the fuck was that about? I go, what are you talking about? She goes, why would you call, why would you show disrespect to such a good fighter like that and call him Minnie Mouse? I go, I didn't call him Minnie Mouse, I call him Mighty Mouse. And she goes, no, you actually called him Minnie Mouse. So I was like, oh shit. So I felt so bad. I went, I went running to find him to apologize. I didn't see him. He must like hate me. And then I saw him like, I don't know, a few months later and I ran up to him. I was like, Bro, I'm so sorry about calling you Minnie Mouse. I meant to say Mighty Mouse. He goes, he's like, don't worry about it. I don't even remember. But he's such a mellow guy. I mean, 
and and to think of him as the greatest fighter on the planet, it just it doesn't it just doesn't like it doesn't compute. When you go see him, I mean, he, I guess he's some kind of Xbox, loves to play video games. He's he is kind of small, um, but I mean, he's the best fighter in the world. He's like the best fighter pound for pound in the world. And when you look at him, he's so unassuming. He's just like a. He's like a short, little, stocky, uh, muscular guy, but he doesn't have a face. He's he hasn't been he's been hit like his whole career. He's been hit less than most fighters get hit in one fight, and he's just he's a freak. He's a freak. Him and Matt Hume are the best trainer fighter combination ever, and it's it's a freak. He's a freak show watching him fight. Um, so what did you think of the fight? I thought it was a, it, it was, I think it showed a lot. It showed that he was the best fighter on the planet, without a doubt. Um, but it also, unfortunately, um, it showed why he's not, maybe he's not paid what he should, or maybe why, maybe why some people don't find him the most exciting fighter in the world. Let me tell you, I mean, without, like, let me tell you why. Okay, this is why, without a doubt. He is not the most exciting fighter in the world. So, like, uneducated fans, which is most fans, the majority of the fans, um, it's because he's so freaking good that nobody's in his league. I mean, it would honestly, it, it would be like just watching, you know, like a, a little leaguer play against a major leaguer in baseball. He's so good that no one's in his league. So he's like, he's like three steps ahead of you all the time. So he's methodical. I think the word for him is methodical. He's like a fucking surgeon. He's like you. He's a surgeon. I mean, if I went to watch him do a, a, a rotator cuff like surgery, it probably wouldn't be that exciting because he's methodically cutting the tendons and the bones and the foreskin or whatever they cut and then sewing the shit up. I mean, so it's not that exciting to watch. Mighty Mouse is the same. He's so methodical. He's like a fucking surgeon. And then, boom, he puts him to sleep like he did. So he's so good. It's his, it's his downfall. Do you think the same holds true in fighting as for other sports? Because if you watch a lopsided football game or a lopsided, you know, whatever game, basketball game, it's not that exciting. It's, yeah. it's, it's completely unexciting. Exactly. You know he's going to win. Right. Um, do you so, think that goes over to, to fighting? I think that's it goes over to fighting. Um most of the time. I think if he was just a slugger and he was that much better but he liked to bang, then I think it would be more exciting for the fans. But that's not his style. He's a methodical surgeon and he's better than everyone he fights. So that's why it's not that exciting to watch him pick apart people. I mean, he, he picks apart everyone. Although I can tell you growing up watching Mike Tyson fight, it was always exciting even though right. I assumed he was going to win until he didn't. But... It was always exciting because you were going to knock him out in 13 seconds or whatever. And there were still exciting fights. They were. And he was still very popular. They were. They were very lopsided fights. But let's not forget the American fans would rather see a knockout, a stand up knockout, and, than anything else. Whether people want to agree with that, disagree with it, jiu jitsu guys uh, want to deny that. But that's just the way it is. It's and, like American fans not liking soccer for the most part. It's the same. It's, it is. It is the same. And someone like um, Mighty Mouse is so well-rounded, but he prefers 
to beat people up a little bit, but then take them down and just work, work, work. And he weakens them, and he tires them, and then he finishes them. So he does it in the most e effective way, efficient way, and it's not always the most exciting work. Like I said, it'd be like watching him do like a circumcision. I mean, it's just not that exciting. You're calling me boring. That's amazing. All right, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, next, next topic. Oh, I just want to talk about uh, Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee. That would have been fight of the night if it wasn't for Ventana. Uh, it was a great fight. Um, Tony Ferguson proved that he is deserving of the title, and he does have the 155-pound interim title right now. He is a very, very good fighter. It's tough. I mean, he has like a freaking chin. He got tagged a few times. He has, he has a chin, a rock-solid chin. He has great striking, very unorthodox. But his main game is, is his submissions, and he ended up submitting Kevin Lee um, with, a great, uh, with a great submission. It was a triangle, actually. It was actually an arm-out triangle, which is a little more uncommon, but he, he did... It was a great fight. So, Kevin Lee, that was that's the fights this weekend. Um, let's talk about um, great show, great show. UFC is still the best show in town. They have the best people, the best referees, the best matchmakers, the best promoters, uh, the best fighters in the in their in their stable. So it's it's an unbelievable. Well, they're, and they're they're concerned about their fighters' health. And I think that brings up this video you showed me today. Yeah. Which is not the UFC promotion, but another one. No. But um, no. I don't think you'd see that in the UFC. Do you? No, you'd never see that in the UFC. In fact... Um, Here, we can show the video while we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see this video. Um, uh, so... What? what event is this? Is it Pancrase? Yeah, some Pancrase in event. In Japan. Uh, yeah, it's in Japan. And this, uh, is, this is Well, I don't know if it's in Japan. It, it doesn't seem like... I think it's in Japan. It doesn't seem like they'd let that go in Japan. This must have been a low-end show. Um, but um, This is appalling, though, to it, see this. It's appalling. This guy barely walking onto just, the stage. To set this up for people that aren't watching, maybe you're listening to this. Yeah, this... It's a weigh-in. It's a weigh-in for an event that's going to happen the next day, right? It's the next day. Usually fights are 24 to 36 hours after the weigh-in. This guy is actually being helped up to the stage. He's being held. He's being carried like he's 90 years old, practically. He cannot take one foot. He's being, dra he's being dragged on his feet. He can't even walk. He can't stand up straight. He can't stand on the, on the scale. He looks like he's in some type of... He's... It's some kind of trance where he's so not okay. He's has something wrong with him right now. Looks like he might have had a stroke. Um, but they put him on the scale. They put him on they, the fucking they have scale. An announcer, and they're putting him on the scale and weighing him, and they're holding him up to balance him on the scale. They are balancing him on the scale because he can't. He doesn't have the balance to balance himself. He's that fucked up. And I've seen some guys. So the reason for this is. This is dehydration. This guy dehydrated himself to, for the weigh-in. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the cause of this. So yeah, he, he lost, I don't know how many pounds, 15 pounds in two days or whatever he lost. Of water weight and, and electrolytes. So and, he's and in this picture here, in this video, he's completely dehydrated. He's completely this, dehydrated. I can't imagine a doctor being in the room would ever let this fight happen. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. He ended up... 
He ended up uh, losing the decision. Went the decision. I guess they re- rehydrated him pretty well. Um, but you can't recover fully in 24 hours from that. I, no. It's it, pretty scary. Look at that. He can't even get... He's falling down the stage. They're carrying him down the f- stage like he's a like he's a 112-year-old so this woman with this, a stroke. This is not the result of someone cutting weight appropriately. No. Well, I mean... I mean, what have you seen? I mean, you've been around this for a long time. I've seen, I've seen very similar. That might have been, this might have been one of the worst things I've seen. But I've seen similar. And, and, and I've seen people, this is very dangerous, first of all. And, and I don't think, I don't, I don't approve of it. But I've seen people in a condition very, very similar to this. And I've seen them... IV up after the fight and and or after the weigh-in and be 100% perfect for the fight. And then I've seen guys weigh in like this and 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 just flop during the fight and they don't usually flop that way. So but when you see this, your body is shutting down. I mean, your kidneys, this is a horrible thing to do to your it body. It is. It is. And, and maybe you can get away with it, maybe. I mean, the the fighters that maybe have died in the past or had injuries Probably dehydration related. You uh, you get that dehydrated, you're super prone to heat, any kind of heat illness or heat stroke, head injuries, um, even rehydrating. And, and now in the UFC, you can't rehydrate with an IV. No, you're not allowed to uh, rehydrate with an IV anymore, um, which is good and bad. I, I, I see two sides to it because people are still doing extreme cuts and and the IV was actually helping them rehydrate is uh, it more effective though than oral rehydration oh yeah yeah because just because um the absorption and 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 the stomach can only hold so much the next thing you know they i mean you're just not that you're really thirsty for cutting a for cutting that kind of weight but then your stomach gets really full really quick when you could just you you don't it goes right to your kidneys from your bloodstream, uh, when you when you do do the IVs, so you can actually bolus in. Uh, I've actually I've actually seen one of the UFC champions. I'm not gonna name him, but he looked similar to this guy. Similar, not yeah. quite as bad, but he was being helped to the to the state uh, to the stage. Helped on the on the uh, scale, and this is twenty four hours before a fight. It was twenty four hours before his fight. Got back to the room, and they were panicking. His team was panicking. His trainer, and they couldn't find any veins. And I'm not his trainer, but they knew that I was. You know, I could do the IV because I'm pretty good with IVs. So they like called me panicking. Can you come up here and do so and so's IV? So I went up there. They had six bags, six liters of uh, of saline. So I put it, put an IV. I started putting his bags in. You can just squeeze the bags in too. Um, and after like the, you you could actually see this guy. My wife was tripping out because he was like laying there. His his it's like a was, raisin. He was yeah. He was all sucked sucked in. I mean he was like, you could barely. He was like he just looked. He looked like a scum. And and after like the first bag, there was like a little smile on his face, and he was like a different person. After the third bag went in, his face was completely out, and he was smiling, and he was like, in between, he had to pee a bunch, and he was like bouncing around the room, and by the time he was done, I saw him back in the lobby, like a couple hours later, he was like skipping, and he was like, 
hey coach, thank you so much for that IV. I feel so good, man. Thank you. And his fight was what he he had a great fight the next day. Horrible endorsement, John. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. So, so you you fighter not, not good for you. I mean, I no, think it's it, not good for you at all. It's it's a chance people take. Just like I've seen guys smoking at at the weigh in and and fighting and ten rounds hard, but it's the exception and not the rule, and it's the risk. It's like the ROI isn't worth the the risk isn't worth you know the investment. So. I, I, I don't I don't agree with it at all cutting that kind of weight, but it's gonna be done unless they come up with a different way than a before day weigh in. They've done a lot right now by letting them weigh in in the morning, so they can weigh in. They used to have to weigh in like five o'clock at night, in the evening. So you wait you wake up the day before the fight before, you'd be cutting weight all day, and you even even once you're on weight, you have to just you just have to suffer. Till like five o'clock. Then you do the official weigh-in in front of the cameras, and that's the official weigh-in. Now you get a window, right? You get a window of time. Well, what you do now is you wake up. You can wake up on weight, so you can do all your weight cutting uh, fr- uh, Thursday night, and then you have all night to lose more weight, and your body naturally loses weight. So then you wake up in the morning. You got about a half an hour just to a quick, quick, uh, quick weight cut. And then at 9 to 10 o'clock, they let you jump on a scale already. So you can jump on the scale, make weight, and you have an hour to make weight if you don't make it the first time. But at 10 o'clock or at 11 o'clock, it stops. And then you can start eating and rehydrating and stuff. And then at 5 o'clock, the official weigh-in is just for the cameras. They've already weighed in already. They've made weight already. So that weigh-in you see now... On the UFC, they've already cut weight and made weight in the morning, so that's why they're not so sucked up anymore. They're, it's more of a show now. Oh, interesting. So they so make they're, they're hiding the dirty part. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. Yeah, they are, and I think it's good because people. I don't think people want to see them. No, so, like, this is the kind of video that we just showed that make people that aren't really into fighting look at this sport and look and think it's horrible to see that kind of behavior and then for the promotion to let that guy fight is just appalling to me yeah yeah i mean i see both sides uh, unfortunately I but don't. i don't um um <laughs> that's one side of that one. anyway I th- well let me tell you the other side i'll tell you the other side that might be this guy's only source of income for that week or for that month or that year so i don't know how much you made but where whatever it is, it already got to that point. I mean, it's already there. So for the promotion to say to do something that unhealthy and then say it's his only means of survival or or income, you can say that about a bank robber. Well, that's his only means of income, John. <laughs> a bank <laughs> robber is stealing someone's away. money. And he has a weapon and he's stealing. This guy can other... lose his life. It's worse. I know, but he's lose. He's choosing to lose his own life. He's not putting a gun to someone else's face and saying, "Give me I'm money." I'm using one of your arguments. I'm using it against you. This, this is what you do. <laughs> but anyway, um, terrible way. But okay, now let me just say, this guy is not starving. When when you cut weight, guys. You're not starving. You can you can go a long time without eating. You can't go that long without dehydrate without hydration. And these guys purposely they even take uh, diuretics to pee more. Oh, the laxatives and the diuretics, and then the rubber suits, and then looking like that. If you're gonna get a fighter that's gonna die in the ring, it's gonna be someone that's doing that stuff. 
Yeah, I think, that, I think this makes you more susceptible to a head injury too. I think I don't even think it's dying in the ring. I think there's guys that are going to die cutting weight, um, and and I think it's I think it's terrible. But but like I said, I've I've cut weight. I've, I I know how it hurts. It every every part of your hair hurts. I don't have any. So right what's now. your regimen for your fighters? I mean, for cutting weight safely, what what's the plan? There, I think the only, there's no safe way. There's no safe way. First well, there's of all, a safer way there's that. a safer way, and the safer way is to diet appropriately um, going in. So it's much it's it makes much more sense to to diet going in and not have so much to lose during you know during your final week but do you find it as an advantage the more weight you can cut just for that weigh-in window then you can rehydrate and you're actually a bigger guy i mean you could be a bigger guy than your opponent because you're rehydrating all your muscle and everything else and you actually weigh 20 more pounds than you weighed in at or whatever it is so yeah then you have that advantage whereas if you dieted and did it correctly and weighed you only weighed what you were going to weigh at the weigh-in you're not going to then rehydrate and and balloon right. up to your normal size, right? And that's why, that's why this this why that's why this happens. So why can't you have in combat sports a weigh in for the fight? Why? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, like for instance, during this during this, uh, okay, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee didn't make weight his first time, and then he got an hour. He came back. He lost his two pounds or whatever. But if they weighed him a minute before the fight, neither one of those guys would make weight. Right, but okay. So the Kevin Lee, he he didn't make it. But then, come fight time, he was much bigger than uh, Ferguson. So fighters that it's it's a skill, and and I don't think it's fair for because to me, uh, to be to be a world class UFC fighter, you have to have not only fighting skill, you have to have make weight skill. It's a whole skill set. And, and and people that like me that used to box in the Golden Gloves and shit, we're a lot more, you know, we have a lot more experience. People that used to wrestle, they have a lot more experience than people that just came up in, in karate or something else. So we've been cutting weight forever, and it is a skill. There's a skill to it, and it's such a fine line between being dangerous but effective. So if you want to be not as dangerous and not have this kind of stuff happen... Then you cut your weight and you fight at an appropriate weight that's more your natural weight. But then if you can do crazy weight cuts and get like, like Kevin Lee was not looking good the first time he got on the scale. He was looking a lot worse than uh, Ferguson. But then come fight time, he was like 10 pounds heavier. So in your opinion, is that fair or is that good for the sport? I think they've, they've struck a balance between, you know, what's good for the promotion, which is probably not having fights canceled two minutes before the yeah. fight. Because if you had people weigh in at the time of the fight actually started, what do you do with it until one doesn't make weight? Yeah, that's that's the question. That's why one reason they don't do it. So, did you do it that way? No. You weigh in before the fight? Yeah. But then as soon as you say, I'm going to weigh in before the fight... Um, People are going to start doing crazy cuts so they can be as heavy as they possibly... Some of these guys that weigh in at 155, they're fighting at 175. You know? So they're a whole weight class. So they're losing more than 10% of their weight to, for the weigh-in. 
and that's one of the things that that uh, the UFC is saying. They're trying to outlaw that, and and you're not going to out. You're just not going to do it right now. What, the, does everyone have to have a natural weight then to be a, a fighter, a registered fighter, or a signed fighter where you have a weight that you are? They're trying to do that, and then you you can't lose more than ten percent of your body weight. Okay, well that'd be fair. It could be fair. I mean, but I I don't think it'll happen because. Well, they're trying to make the sport safer. They are, no and they're do, they're more and they're doing a really good job. I mean, look at boxing compared to MMA. The the damage the 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 damage done to both sports is boxing is a lot more. There's death. But, but weight cutting in in UFC or MMA doesn't make the fight more exciting. No, it's it's not making the fight a better fight. It's it, each each fighter's trying to gain an advantage right. or at least keep up with the other guy. Yeah. So they're kind of just working within the system that they're given so that they're not behind. It's kind of like using steroids if everyone's using steroids. Like, you don't use them and then you're behind. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you are. And it's been, it's been that way for, for 100 years. And I, I just don't think it's changing anytime soon. Boxing, look at guys, when they, they weigh in for boxing, it's the same thing. They can barely get on the scale sometimes and then... Uh, sometimes they don't make weight for the fight, and it's the same in boxing. It's the same in wrestling. It's the same in MMA, and it's not going to change anytime soon. They are making it safer. I think the morning weigh-ins are much safer, but when you say you can't lose them more than 10 pounds, that's not really fair because there's guys that gain a lot of weight that's not water weight, and then they lose its flesh. You know, it's it's so... I mean, some guys get up like... You know, a hundred pounds in between fights. That's exaggerating, but they get a lot of weight. Like, uh, so I don't know. That's I mean, that could make it a little safer, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. This... I'm fascinated by the two weigh-ins, the one for the camera and then the actual weigh-in. I mean, that's the 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 whole reason for that is so the fighters look better. No, it's it's because it's. Uh... So they, but why not just film the one in the morning? I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's, you're, oh, you're, you're having a fake because, a fake weigh-in basically. Because it's a much more entertaining. Once they've already are they made actually weight. weighing them again, like are no. they getting on a scale? No. Are they getting on a scale for the camera, or they're uh. just getting in each other's? No, face? they're just they get on the scale, but they don't. the The announcer just reads what they did that okay, morning. So they do actually. St- they have they a stand. Prop, as, they yeah, have it's a prop, prop scale. Yeah. and they stand on it. Yeah. Uh, well, didn't you ever watch a weigh-in? Uh, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know there was well, another way. They've been doing that. that. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, and it's it's so much easier on the fighter. So I don't know what I don't have an I don't have a. Uh, I don't have um, a solution. Maybe someone out there has a solution. What's the solution? I don't. I, don't, I can't think of a solution because guys always want to get the advantage. People always want an advantage. So, being as heavy as they can, the heavier guy always has an advantage over the lighter guy. That's just that's just the way it is. Or else they wouldn't have weight uh, weight classes. Who is normally at one of these weigh-ins? Isn't the commission? Yeah. There? So in Japan, who knows what they were doing? But let me just tell you, in Japan, when they had when they, you had to pee test for your steroids, nobody even followed the guys into the bathroom. Number one, number two, they didn't even watch you put the cup on the in the table in the room where you had to put the cup. So they could have they could have any that could have been anybody's pee that you put in there. So they like write your name, say Chuck Liddell, then Chuck goes in, and and they give him the the pee cup like in the morning and they say, yeah, we need this by this afternoon. He can anybody could have peed in there. So that's, that's why everybody in, in, in pride was doing steroids. Everybody. I mean, then you looked at those guys when they came back here to the UFC and they started testing a little more 
And look at the difference. You look at the difference with someone like someone like Vandalay Silva in Pride versus when he came down to 185 in uh, in the UFC. It's a huge jump. Well, I've seen how anti-doping works in other sports like cycling. They watch you. I mean, they have someone assigned to yeah. one of the doctors, but they have someone assigned. To, you got to watch the guy pee into the cup so that it's it's a specimen that has a chain of custody. Yeah. So I'm you sure that. that's how it is now in the UFC. No, they have USADA involved. They definitely do that now with. Uh, yeah, they do definitely do that now with the UFC. The USADA guys, they'll come to your house at fucking two in the morning, and knock on the door. All right, go pee. I mean, they can just randomly come wherever you are, pre, even pre, uh, pre camp. There's like if you're if you fight for the UFC, you sign those rights over. You don't, you can't like USADA could call you and say, hey, we want to test your where are you going to be in an hour. Well, you have to let them know where if you're going to travel. Yeah, right? you even on vacation, you go. Hey, I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to Hawaii. I'll be at such and such hotel because then they'll send someone there. So it's it's. It is a lot stricter now. A lot of people. That part is getting better. I don't know how the weigh-in is going to get better. I don't. I can't. I'm not smart to think because you can't just walk onto the the scale then go into the into the cage. That'll never work. You do it the day before. People are always going to try to cut, and it's not really fair to say you can only cut X amount because everybody's body type and metabolism is different. So you're you're still giving certain people a much higher advantage than you are others. So I don't know what it is. I think if things like this are more common, I, I do think things like this become, you know, because the average viewer, they don't have to be an expert to watch that video and say, that's horrible. And it's just, you know, it's the, it's just seeing, seeing that is going to make people think. That is, that is horrible. But then to some people watching somebody on the ground getting punched in the face is, is horrible and they think oh it should be stopped earlier as soon as they hit the ground it should so i mean i mean watching that is ugly but to me watching someone elbowed and then like staggering like 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 that fight with uh with um the guy from hawaii who was married to uh, ronda rusi now uh the hapa i mean watching him he was like i think it was um wasn't it uh who was it i forget who he was fighting arlovsky Arlovsky and Tom, uh, Travis Travis Brown. I mean, he was like staggering around the ring or the cage. Like he didn't even know where he was and, and, and they didn't stop it because he was kind of throwing something back. But to me, that was much worse than that. This, you, is, this is something avoidable. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, better ways to avoid it or... So, okay, so you, but what would you say is the best way to make it the safest it can be but still be competitive for cutting weight. I think you just can't cut more than a certain percentage of your body weight. I think it becomes dangerous. Okay. It is medically dangerous. Yeah, getting elbowed in the head is also medically dangerous, though. I, I, I see your point. But it is a combat sport and something you're getting in the ring and doing. No, I, I agree. No, I agree and with that. It's something that, you know, if it could be avoided, I'm sure this guy doesn't want to be like that. No, and I don't, but I don't think the, the and percentage. And maybe it was pushed by the promotion that he had to lose more weight or something else to make the fight. It knows? could be. It was in Japan. They're, they're pretty strict, man. Uh, but. I don't know. I don't think the percentage of body weight is, is fair to a lot of people because a lot of people... But I don't know. There should be something done. I think they're moving in the right direction. I think the morning weigh-ins help a lot. Um, but it, there's, there's still... There's still uh, I think there's still more to be done. I don't know. Let us know what you think about this. 
So, All right, and what about questions for uh, that we can answer in future episodes? I want you guys, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, put in some comments and questions for our next show. Uh, we're going to do this every week. It's coming out every week on Tuesday. And we're going to talk about the UFC that was prior, and we're going to talk about other things like this weight-cutting thing. The weight-cutting thing came up because this, this video has been uh, circulating, and then there was a UFC pay-per-view this week. Um, but put your comments below, and if you're on SoundCloud or, or, or iTunes, um, you can put them on our, our, our Instagram, which is, uh, uh, well, just go to, my, go to my Instagram. My Instagram is pit underscore master, and personally message any questions, All right. and we will answer them. And any relationship advice you need, please go yeah. to John. John's going to answer that on the next one, too. I I am good. I'm good for that right now. Okay, I'll give you. Let me give you my tip right now. I've given this tip before, and I'm I'm gonna give it again. Again, um, my my number one tip for you guys out there, especially you tough guys that want to be macho, is do not treat do not cheat on your woman. If you cheat on your woman, you are a douchebag. You're not a cool guy. You're not a player. You're a fucking douchebag. You are. And it, it doesn't make you a cool person. It makes you a douchebag, all right? So let me, let me tell you what cheating is. Some guys might disagree with me on this, but I'm going to tell you right now. This is what I think cheating is. I think if you're doing anything behind your significant other's back that you would not do 100% the same while if they were there, I think that's cheating. Do you think that's a little too strict? That's a tall order. That's a good good words to live by. I think I think it's so I, I, I think, think it is. John, you have a black belt in martial arts and in emotional arts, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, anyway. See you guys next time. Great job, John. All right, thanks guys. I'll see you next week. Make sure you comment, share this, and subscribe. Thanks. You good? That was good. Huh? Yeah.